Hey everyone, I have an exciting show for you today. As I mentioned in the daily financial news, we have three experts for you today. And uh, we got Matt, uh, the latest addition to the expert series. As you remember, he's the high school dropout, just crushing it. And we got three exciting topics. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing awesome, Mike. So excited to be here as always. Look forward to Tuesdays. Dude, I, I got to tell you, I look forward to this conversation. This this starts, yeah, me... this, this is fun. So I know the first topic we need to talk about because there yeah. was a video last week from one of our other experts mm-hmm. that just highlighted that one of his big boy investor friends mm-hmm. brought up an idea that was kind of counterintuitive. And that is, you know what? As an out-of-state investor, you should not repeat, not invest in states with zero state income tax. Yep. And uh, I know that caught your attention. Uh, so what? Uh, so lay the grand fill ground field and let us know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. I think this is what makes a market, right? Mm-hmm. Disagreement. He yep. believes on one side of the page. I believe on the other side of the page. So full disclosure, I am only invested in non-income tax states. So I am absolutely 1000% talking my book, my strategy, what I did. Okay. So Mike, I know you and I, that is our thing. We don't talk about things we don't know. And so this is only my book. And I had the opportunity being in New Hampshire to look at, and that was actually one of the States he called out. And then he kind of confused himself because he said, oh wait, but they don't have an income tax, but there's massive growth here. Right. So what's really interesting is that COVID definitely helped change things a lot for sure. Um, but just kind of the, the, the basis of the argument, which is lower property taxes in income tax states versus higher property taxes in non-income tax states. Absolutely. That's true. That's absolutely true. What you'll typically find, and I had the opportunity when I started investing almost 20 years ago, I looked at Massachusetts because I'm in what I call the anti-landlord sandwich, mm. which is Massachusetts is really kind of anti-landlord and so is Maine. And New Hampshire is really pro-landlord. And let me explain why. The reason that New Hampshire is more pro-landlord is because of property rights and because of property taxes. They get all that income from property taxes. And so they recognize that if tenants aren't paying rent, that landlords can't pay bills and can't pay their mortgage and can't pay taxes. And then that creates the state insolvency, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's what the math behind it is. Now, in these other states, they depend on income tax. They don't really depend nearly as much on that real estate tax. Interesting. challenge for them is that people are not, then the state, I'm aligned with my state. If you're a landlord in some of these other states, you may not be as aligned with your state's mission. The state for California doesn't care that you've not had rent since last March. Mm -hmm. They've not lifted any moratorium. They've not giving you anything other than the caca sandwich, which yeah. is, hey, you get to keep 80% good news. Well, that's great. So I'm signing up to lose a bunch of money because landlords only make about nine cents a dollar. Exactly. So you're going to get the opportunity, Mike, to lose a bunch of money if you want some money. Yeah. And so for our state, our state was, I believe, smarter in a number of ways. When things looked like they were in the clear, they lifted the moratorium and allowed things to proceed. When things tightened up, they tightened back up again, but they didn't remove the ability to do evictions. There's still evictions happening every day right now in New Hampshire. Mm. They happen every single day. I talked to one of the attorneys that I use. He did uh, 11 of them last week. Wow. Yeah. So 
what I believe is we talk about, and people do in the stock market, a lot of times they hedge their bet, mm -hmm. but they'll also look at it and say, you know what I really need to do? I really need to put myself in a position where I'm aligned with the bodies, you know, the, the people that make the rules. <clears throat> I need to align myself with them. And I need to understand what is my downside risk? Well, in our state, rents, rent collections are very high. And we also still have, are able to do evictions. If you're looking at capital preservation, a non-income tax state is far more aligned with the homeowner paying the taxes than they are with the renter paying the rent. That is interesting. So first off, you're right. I love debate. I love different opinions. I love this idea. So I think there are what, six states with no income tax. So New Hampshire, uh, Texas, Florida, Florida yeah. Vegas, or Nevada, mm -hmm. Alaska, and like Montana or something. Something like that. Something I else. don't know that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I know, so I know, I know Vegas, Texas, and Florida. Yeah. I know those are all non-income. Yeah. So, so it'd be interesting to see if that thesis plays out. Yep. So I only know Florida and Texas from that list in any detail. What are the biggest inflows right now in the pandemic? What are the biggest inflow states? Oh, no question. It's, it's all of those. Well, and Arizona, but yes. Yeah. yeah. It's all of those. But I, no, I want to go back to the landlord because what you're making the, what you're making the connection with is um, states with no state income tax, hence, hence high property taxes. Yes. Connection. Yes. Yep. Means state legislature will do everything they can to make sure landlords keep getting rent so they can pay property taxes. That's yep. the connection you're making. Yep. It's a more it's a more supportive and symbiotic relationship through the entire life cycle. Well, no, totally. I'm making the connection. I just want to make yep. sure I I, I you're 100 right. Where this break where it would break down, for example. Mm -hmm. Again, New Hampshire or Texas or Florida, just any of those other states. It was if it was like. Um, no state income tax, high property tax, tenant friendly, like California or New York. Yes, that's right. Then you're going to have, the, you know, you're going to have a lot of non-collected uh, property taxes. Yes, correct. Absolutely. And the state can be on board with supporting that. The other thing too is, is if they ever look to get federal aid, New Hampshire isn't this one that always is asking for federal aid because we're self-supporting. So if we ever needed to pull an emergency ripcord or a parachute, we could do that. The nice thing for us is, is that everybody's aligned. Tenants pay their rent because the, maybe the government is helping some of them pay their rent. Yeah. <clears throat> and the landlords pay their mortgages and pay their, uh, pay their, pay their taxes. You know, still for me, the worst month that we've ever had, we were still over 98%. Jeez. I don't know anybody in any other state that's anywhere near that. Well, that's not true. Florida and Texas, they are. Not, <laughs> not other states. Yeah, I don't think I've been over 98% collected in years. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's not over, that's not over hundreds of units, but it's over, I think, 62. Oh, is it's, there, it's, right? a, it's enough of a number. It's, I mean, that's, it's, eno it's enough of a number. It's yeah, enough. No question. Yep. It's enough of a number. It's enough of a number. So, so we're I, still uh, over 98% yeah. collected. So, so let me play this devil's advocate just because I can. So Please. clearly in a health crisis where where states are frankly going against the U.S. Constitution in breaking the Fifth Amendment without penalty, like California, mm -hmm. good old Gavin Newsom. Um, <laughs> let's let's pretend this never happened, right? And you know, you go from you know a landlord who's collecting maybe eighty percent today because of rent strikes and all of that to maybe normally collecting ninety four or ninety five. Sure. I wonder. I wonder. So the trade off is clear today, right? When states are 
acting very different, right? We're open, New Hampshire, California, we're closed. Totally get it. Yep. In a normal environment, I'm wondering if there's such a causal, I'm wondering if the impact of rate rising property taxes outweighs that connection because it's, it's, this is an unusual time where your point is dead on, but I'm wondering if it's just an acute time frame. Yeah, so it is. So this exacerbates it. Yeah. However, what you'll find is also very interesting is that if you go from New Hampshire to just across the border mm-hmm. in Mass, if you look at the value of that property on their side, it started higher. It's still higher now. Mm. And so the, the difference in, in tax dollars are not nearly as grand as you think they are. No, that's very true. That is very right? true. Yeah. So you'll have a house in Hampton, New Hampshire, that's $400,000. And in Amesbury, Mass, that's Mm $550,000 and they're only 25 minutes apart, but one of them will have a, you know, the Amesbury mass house will have an $8,000 tax bill and the Hampton, New Hampshire house will have a $9,000 tax bill. What would the rent play the difference? What's the rent collection? You think they're the same or are they different in different states? The rent collection is pretty darn close. Okay. The rent collection, it it will vary town to town because, Mm -hmm. you know, we always talk about the national numbers to kind of give us what the general trend is, but it really does vary town to town because some, some towns have amazing school systems. Yeah, of course. That are, that are as good as private schools or better. And others have poor school systems that aren't very good, that test scores are significantly lower than they always are or than they, than they national average. Yeah. So, and a lot of times when you're looking at family, they're looking at how good's the school system and, and overcrowded classroom density, all that other stuff that they look at. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that the mass house wasn't $500 higher than the New Hampshire house. Right. Cause you can, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely not that it's definitely not that high. In fact, what you'll find is um, we kind of call it uh, we, we called um, Hampton a pilot town Mm. because almost everybody that flew out of Boston as a, as a pilot lived in Hampton, tons of them Hmm. because we didn't have income tax in New Hampshire. And they could get that much more of a house for the right. same amount of money. And their net dollars were significantly greater. So lots of pilots. Very, very cool. So I guess the net of this, folks, if you're thinking about out-of-state investing, you need to look at the whole picture, right? Yes, yeah. property taxes will be squeezed more. The other point is they will get their money somehow if they're short. Uh, but also look at <clears throat> the marriage. I think you're right, right? The marriage or the symbiotic relationship, I think was your word, between the state government and the landlord that can't be missed. California, New York are suffering because we are just, we're diametrically opposed, right? Prop 13 is really the thing that keeps California in general property tax so low because it's based mm-hmm. off purchase price, even though if the purchase was 10 years ago That's right. and the state's like, ah, screw them, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go tenant friendly. So it's, it's, it was a great connection. Thank you for bringing it up. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, only closing thought that I had, which which I also thought was, um, you know, kind of interesting in in the whole mix, is not only do you not only do you have all of those as we were talking about tenant friendly, which is if you're a good landlord, you're tenant friendly, you work with them. Yes. However, yeah. when that push comes to shove, right, where you're saying, "I'm sorry, but you've got to pay something," right? right? Well, New Hampshire actually has a seven day eviction process mm. at our fingertips, so we can get somebody in seven days, thirty days. But a lion's share of evictions happen in that seven to 30 day realm. And I don't know that to be the case in any pro tenant, non pro. Oh, I'd be happy with a 70 day eviction process. Yeah. We're, yeah. And so, again, capital preservation, right? We know that yeah. the longer that they're there, the more they're doing damage. 
right? If they're already an unhappy tenant and they're oh. happy with the situation, Absolutely. they're making things worse. And it gives them more time to do the wrong thing. And no so if you're just on the landlord side of it, trying to do the right thing for yourself and your investment and you know your family, then that's one of the things I think people should also consider. Dude, leave it right there. That was a great conversation. Thank you for bringing it up. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike.